I'm Bob Shaw. You're listening to Top Shelf Hockey, where we bring you all things hockey all the time. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf Hockey. I'm pleased to be joined with Shane. Uh, Shane's the host of a great podcast, The History of Hockey. So, Shane, why don't we start there? Uh, let's just talk about the podcast first. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you want me to kind of start from the beginning, like how I got tell you yeah, about the with show? That. How, did you, how did the how did you uh, basically do all the research and get started with the history of hockey? Because that's definitely a you know a topic that requires a lot of research. Um, yeah, I I actually uh, covered this in a in in my recent one hundredth episode. Um, of the show. And, uh, believe it or not, my wife is the one who talked me into it. Um, I had kind of toyed with starting an, uh, a podcast and, uh, I just, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to put in the time and, and all of that stuff. And, um, and then one day she was, uh, I think listening to the radio and she had heard some stuff on a local channel, some some local hockey talk, and it was uh, kind of reminiscent of of things that I had been saying about a week prior to that. And uh, and and she's like, they were talking about what you were talking about. Maybe you really should start that that hockey podcast. And um and uh, and so it was uh, it was really she who who kind of pushed me to do it and um and as as is the you know what to make the podcast about i uh i i've always been a fan of history in general um and uh always been a fan of hockey and i've been playing since i was a kid and watching since i was a kid and so i just i i put the two together really because there wasn't a podcast out there that covered the history of hockey and i i had kind of waited for somebody else to do it you know so i wouldn't have to and and then when that didn't happen i thought oh, maybe this is a good idea and uh and so that's that's what i did and that's how i got into it and and that oh, was uh, about five years ago no, that's great i was uh, definitely want to check that out later on and uh, it's great that you're covering history because you know it's got a lot of this is one of the oldest leagues, one of the oldest trophies, so it's definitely got a lot for you to cover there. Now you yeah, grew up, yeah, in, for uh, sure. I, I don't, I don't foresee running out of material anytime soon. Yeah, no, for sure. Now you grew up in Colorado, so just start with there. What are your favorite hockey memories growing up in Colorado? Oh man, um, I, uh, I, I, I've got quite a few. Um, I grew up uh, um, in a little very small town uh at the time it's gotten much bigger since uh grew up in a really small town called woodland park and um it's uh it's up in the mountains very cold and uh in uh in the winter there was a a pond uh, about uh at most a mile from my house and um i had an older brother and an older cousin and a lot of kids kind of in the neighborhood who all took up hockey at the same time. And so uh, we would go down to the pond and, and we would 
really knew what they were doing, but it was just fun to, to get out there and, um, you know, borderline freeze to death and, and have some fun while we were doing it. Um, and, uh, and, and really, I think one of my favorite hockey memories, um, aside from, from just growing up outside and playing outside, um, is really when the Quebec Nordiques came to town and became the avalanche, um, because, uh, I, we didn't really have a way to watch hockey, um, professional hockey at, at that time. My, my neighbor had, uh, like a, a special hockey package that, that came with his cable, I guess. And, and I would sometimes get the chance to watch, um, the, uh, Anaheim, uh, over, over at his place. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the Avalanche were really kind of my, you know, my first team. And, um, and so it was kind of my mom who encouraged me to really start watching them because they were local and, and all of that. And, and she would, I mean, you know, she didn't know hockey from anything else really, but she would right. sit down and she would watch with me and, um, and, and I've, you know, fell in love with, uh, Patrick Waugh as a goaltender and, and I fell in love with goaltending and, and, uh, I just loved his, you know, his kind of crazy out of the box style. And, um, and, uh, and she, she was really the one who encouraged me to, to, to keep going with it and watching and stuff. So that's, that's, that's one of my better memories as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Colorado definitely uh, got a great team when everyone in Quebec moved there and uh, got Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh and two Stanley Cups. That's exciting. But definitely now, right now, if you were to be a hockey fan and pick a team, Colorado is a very exciting young team. So, yeah, you know, we, they got great players. Obviously, Cole McCarr, uh, Rantanen's there, Grubauer's pretty good, and obviously Nathan McKinnon. So uh, how, how do you think the Avalanche are going to do this year in the playoffs? Like, I know they have a first-round bye, essentially. Uh, they're going to have to play for seeding. But uh, other than that, I mean, obviously this season is not a regular season, so it's impossible to predict how they're going to do. But how, how do you see Colorado uh, you know, going in, the, in this tournament of 2014? How do you think they'll do? You know, I, it, it is a very strange year. And, and right before you and I connected, I was just talking with my wife about how strange it really is. And, um, you know, I want to say, you know, they are a good, young, fun team to, to watch. And I want to say that they're going to do really well. But I think the truth of the matter is that nobody really knows. And this is pretty uncharted territory. Uh, you know, every team that's going to be in it, uh, in theory, at least, is going to come back at full strength. Everybody's going to be healthy. And you just, you never really know what's going to happen in the playoffs anyway. Right. And I feel like this is that mentality amplified even more. Um, I, you know, I, I want them to do well, and I hope that they do well. And and uh, I think they could they could easily win around. Um, 
but you know it's it's going to be a strange a strange uh tournament for sure um so I uh, I expect him to win at least a round, maybe two. Um, you know, I'd like to see him build upon their success last year and just kind of keep going a little deeper and deeper. Uh, I don't expect him to to win a cup. I know a lot of people think that you know that's a strong possibility and and all of that, and it it is. But um, but realistically, there there's a lot of good teams. Uh, so it's going to be very, very fun to watch. I think. Yeah, I know. For me, I think the biggest uh, X factor is going to be the crowd. I mean, there's no uh, there's no home crowd anymore. Uh, obviously, being a Western team for Colorado and for Vancouver, for that matter, uh, the travel is going to be better because you're just there is no travel. You're going to be in one hub city. So, you know, if they're going to be fully rested, potentially most of the teams are going to be healthy. Uh, you know, but they take there's no good, there's gonna be no crowd, so the boost you would get from playing in your arena is gonna go away. Uh, but at the same time, there's no travel, so I, I think Colorado will do well. I, I think my prediction again, I don't, I'm usually pretty wrong about these predictions, but I think uh, the Colorado Vancouver rivalry, if the Canucks can get continue to improve, I think can be the new Vancouver Chicago rivalry. Uh, I don't know if they'll play each other in the playoffs this year, um, or for next year for that matter, because it's gonna be a completely are we going to see a shortened season? Or are we not? But uh, I think I think Colorado will go far. Uh, people here in Vancouver seem to think uh, we're going to beat Minnesota and go into the, the official playoffs. But, you know, I've, I never thought we'd lose to L.A. in 2012 or lose to Calgary in 2015. So I don't want to get my hopes up. But I, I think we have a good chance. Uh, so I hope, you know, it'd be great to see Canucks in Colorado in the playoffs. It would definitely be a good test for the Canucks. I think Colorado would take it, though. Uh, but, but, yeah, that's basically what I think about Colorado. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I, I want to touch on what you what you said about the the uh, the home crowd or, or, or complete lack thereof. I think uh, I think that's going to be a very interesting factor as well, just because you know you're potentially you know uh, for some of these teams you could be playing in your home arena, but with your fan base not there literally uh, you know aside from your teammates and otherwise empty building um that's just that's got to be such a a bizarre feeling i'll be very interested to see how that uh goes for the players and what it looks like on television you know that, that it's interesting we brought up crowd size because uh the state of texas just announced today they're going to allow at least uh, 25% capacity for outdoor stadiums. Obviously, that doesn't help us here in hockey because uh, we're not an outdoor stadium unless the league decides to just start playing in football stadiums and does uh, a winter classic in the summer, uh, which I honestly I think would be kind of cool to see happen. Obviously, with artificial ice, anything's possible. But uh, uh, maybe not in the Texas heat, but you know, certain cities it could work. Um, but... So do you think there's any chance we're going to see fans in the stands? I, you know, I think there's a chance for anything really. I don't, uh, I don't typically rule out it. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I don't think there'll be capacity crowds. I don't think that's going to be allowed, but I don't know, maybe, 
you know, maybe a smaller contingent, uh, you know, half of the lower bowl perhaps uh, could be interesting. Um, I I think it would be very see at least some fans. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here, fingers crossed, praying to God that, that buildings will be full, but it would be nice to see a little something because I think even a little something would be better than nothing. And it would, it would really add to the atmosphere. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, if they can even get at least like 2000 fans in the building or 5,000 fans in the building, depending on how they agree to space it out. I don't think here in Canada, we're going to be allowed to, uh, see the way the the restrictions are i don't think we'll see fans in buildings anytime soon uh maybe in the if it's a hub city uh certain places in the u.s that they may allow that but uh that all depends where they choose to play Uh, but i want to get your thoughts on this because uh i know you love history and you now live in ohio so you know michigan's obviously a big hockey state minnesota is a big hockey state illinois parts of illinois are also uh a big for hockey how do you think hockey overall is in Ohio? Um, it it actually uh, it's it's got quite quite a long, albeit unknown, history in the state. Um, you know there there have been teams in just about every corner, um, and. From Cleveland to Toledo, down to Dayton and Cincinnati, uh, to where I'm, where I live currently in Columbus, uh, it's it's really got a a much longer history than I think a lot of people realize. Um, but it's it's all kind of league. Uh, teams and, and leagues and stuff like that. And I think most people will tell you this. Uh, from where I'm sitting, the the big kind of surge of, of hockey in Ohio was in the early 90s uh, from a, a team called the Columbus Chill. And they oh, okay. they came in in uh, the uh, East Coast Hockey League, and they they set this town on fire. Um, they they had some of the craziest marketing gimmicks, and they were tough on the ice. They they were they were very good too. They weren't just they weren't like a gimmick team. Like they, they also brought people out because they won. And, um, right. And so because of, because of all that, because they had the winning culture and the, the fun culture and, and also the, the fun culture of, of what minor league hockey brings. I mean, minor league hockey, even today is, is crazy. Like it's just, it's, it's not, it's not like the NHL. And so, no, I agree with you. I think minor league hockey definitely has a different appeal and there's actually very good appeal. For example, uh, so I'm familiar with Seattle a lot because uh, got family there 
and the suburbs there, Everett. Everett still got a team in the WHL. And obviously, you know, Seattle's going to be a hockey market soon enough. They're getting a team, and I have no doubt that hockey will be the second most popular sport there. Oh, it's going to blow up. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, uh, and partially, and I don't want to, you know, throw any stones at baseball, but the Mariners there are awful. They're, uh, they're just, you know, they're the only team now that's never reached the World Series. Yeah. So, yeah. Seattle fans are waiting, you know, just patiently. And I mean, you know, they got fans. The uh, Safeco Field's a nice field uh, and all that. But if you go to Everett, some of the other suburbs, they they love their WHL silver tips there. I know Seattle's got another, they got a couple of WHL teams. Yeah, in they area. got Seattle it's Thunderbirds who are huge. Right. So, you know, I think, and obviously now they're getting into the NHL, so it's going to be great there. But you're right. There is definitely uh, in in smaller towns and cities where they do have minor league hockey. There is definitely a, a a support for them. So I think that's great. I think for me, and I I don't know if you'd agree with this, but if the Jackets do better, I think that Ohio and Columbus itself uh, can become a better, much better hockey market if it's if there's more winning involved. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, really, if you look to you know just twenty years ago. Uh, when the chill left town for uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, I mean, they left during their peak. I mean, they they were winning playoff rounds, winning divisions. Um, I mean, they were kicking some serious butt, and and they were popular in this town. And 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 I don't say that lightly i it's to the point where um there there is still uh new chill apparel clothing that comes out every year and people people scoop it up like it's going out of style and um and so i i think when when the jackets first came there was there was a ton of carryover from the chill and people, people really were on board early, but then when you go all those years with not only not making the playoffs, but not even really coming close, winning takes a toll or I'm sorry, losing takes a toll on any fan base. I don't care who you are. And I'll, I, I mean, I can give you a, mil- a million examples from, from Columbus to Chicago to the Washington Capitals, who just won won the cup, to to anybody, right? Um, and and so when when you have been following a team that has just never won, it it really becomes difficult to to kind of support a team like that. Now, I I've always supported them simply because I love hockey. Um, but, a, but a lot of people support a team because they want to see a winner. They want to associate their fandom with a winner. And, for, you know, sorry to say it, for most of their existence, the Jackets have not been a winner. Um, that corner, I think, is being turned right now. Um, in the last couple of years, they have been, you know, pretty good. Uh, but I, I think I'm with you, like, with – with a few solid, uh, you know, playoff runs or something, uh, they'll be just fine. Um, cause 
you know, the people in this town are like anywhere else. They, they like their sports and they want to see a winner. Yeah, I know for sure. And speaking of playoff wins, let's talk about uh, John Tortorella and the current Jackets. I mean, last year they upset the Lightning and in spectacular fashion. It ruined my bracket. Oh, but, they ruined uh, everybody's bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, Torts is an incredible coach. Um, so I want to ask you two questions going to that. First of all, how do you think uh, the Jackets will lose this year? But I say that because Tortorella is known for these legendary training camps that he makes the players go through a lot. When he was here in Vancouver, he was only here for a year, but you know some of the players here said that they loved Torts as a motivator because he's the best motivator that they ever had. But uh, the stuff that they he puts them through in training camp is just absolutely brutal. Now, I don't know how the training camps are going to look right now because the players are going to come off a, a huge rust and they're going to have to get ready for uh, these games. So, but they, but you know, the hockey world's going to love it because they're going to go up against Toronto, and and if they beat Toronto, oh man, the jokes are just going to are just going to be there. So, how do you think the Jackets are going to do this year? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't quite know. They, they're going to, you know, hopefully, again, in theory, they will be fully healthy um and they they can be a really dangerous team when they're healthy playing their game um but i saw a lot this this season where they you know of course they were injured you can't really do anything about that you can't fault them for that but i also saw a lot of times when they weren't playing the way that they can play um I I think they they can they can do well but I kind of come back to their their inability to score a lot of goals because um Toronto's got a lot of firepower and right yeah, as no. good as the blue back its goalies have been in stretches. You know, I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna hold up in you know a quick little five game series, um, and and I don't I don't quite know where their scoring is gonna come from. Um, there's there 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 are a lot of guys who were last year uh, who have not been doing it this year. Josh Anderson is one of those guys. Um, but, I, you know, I think if they can kind of figure out how to score, then they could be really dangerous because they've already got the big physical grind-you-in-the-dust part of their game. They already know how to do that. Uh, but if they can figure out how to score then you know that's that's even better i just don't know that they're going to be able to do that right no exactly all right let's get a quick question in uh how fun is how good is it seeing seth jones playing in columbus because he's just a phenomenal um you know uh when he was it first of all it's it's really fun and i i that guy's just awesome uh when uh his draft year was coming up. Um, 
he was rumored to, to possibly go first overall. And I remember reading something. Oh man, what magazine was it? It was, I'm not, I don't quite remember the magazine, but it was, it was a very good write up. And I knew a little bit of before, but then I read this story and I knew a lot more about him. And I was like, man, I, I love this guy. Like it would be so great if somehow he ended up in Columbus. Like that would be amazing. And, um, and then he fell to the fourth overall pick and he ended up in Nashville. And I thought, of course, like, you know, Nashville has been going on all these playoff runs. They have one down year and now they've got Seth Jones added to their just glut of great defense. And so I was, you know, I was super bummed um, and all that. Uh, but, but then when he came over in a trade, I just thought, man, this, this is what I was wishing for all those years ago. And uh, so it, it's really, it's really cool. And, and uh, I, uh, I, I really like watching him because he's one of those guys who just doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. And, and he's the guy you notice because he makes a mistake. Otherwise he's just doing his job and he's doing a terrific job at it. And um, also I've, I've thought this for a while. I, um, I think when Nick Foligno is gone or retired or whatever, I truly believe Seth Jones is the next captain of this team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, whenever, whenever his contract is up, um, I don't, I don't keep track of, of that stuff too, too well, but um, I gives him whatever, whatever he wants to keep him here because losing him uh, would be, would be dead. Yeah, no, for sure. They are, I mean, they already lost Panarin. That was a tough, uh, tough oh, let yeah. go. Uh, you know, that was the guy's amazing, and he's doing well with the Rangers too now, so it makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just – he's a guy who um, who really elevated everybody around him. His story is kind of interesting because – he came over from Chicago having played with Patrick Keen and everybody was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he was good, but he played with Patrick Kane and Kane Kane was the right. guy who made him really good. How's he going to do on a, on a crappy team like the jackets? And then you find out really quickly that he's perfectly fine on his own. And not only is he perfectly fine on his own, but he elevated the dudes that he played with, you know, Cam Atkinson had had great years uh, playing with Panarin, and now he leaves the Jackets and ends up on the Rangers, and they're not so great. And he's he's doing great on a not so great team. So uh, he's he's a he's a heck of a dude for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, those are all the questions I have, Shane. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I still got to check out your podcast, though. Uh, curious, definitely want to watch the part where you uh, cover Cyclone Taylor and kind of the history here in 
the Northwest and Vancouver specifically. So, uh, thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. And, um, and I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you for watching Top Shelf Hockey. Top Shelf Hockey is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are available.